America is not a country where you have to show your papers, right? We don't do that here. That's for other places and mostly a long time ago. Take a look. Papers, please. Papers. Of course. <laughs> Run. Yes. Papers, I've yeah. got it here. <laughs> your papers, please. May we see your papers? I don't think I have them on me. In that case, we'll have to ask you to come along. Wait, it's possible that, uh, yes. Here we are. Your papers, please. Clint Eastwood in Firefox, great movie. They were all great movies, by the way. We don't do that here. America. Um... And they don't do it in parts of Europe as well. This is the reaction in France right now to the idea of showing your papers to prove that you've been vaccinated. They don't like it. And we don't like it. Now, we haven't seen riots, and I hope we don't see riots. But they're talking about doing the same thing here. This is New York City. We got a wannabe socialist mayor, and he's so happy to uh, use this power as he's on his way out the door. He only has another six months in office, but take a look. The bottom line is it's time for everyone to get vaccinated. And we're making really clear, you want the key to NYC, you want everything good about this city, all it takes is go out and get vaccinated. Just get that first dose and you're in the game. Of course, follow through, get the second dose too at the right time. But all you gotta do is walk down the street, walk in for free, get vaccinated, it takes a few minutes and you're in the game. You get to enjoy all the life in New York City. And if you don't get vaccinated, you're gonna be left out of a lot of things. Left out of a lot of things, bars, restaurants, some space, indoors, unless you get vaccinated. He has the key and he's not gonna give you one unless you get vaccinated. He doesn't have that power. This is America, right? No, we can choose for ourselves. Now, personally, I chose the vaccination. What do I know? I'm not a doctor. I'm not telling anybody what to do about that stuff. But I got vaccinated. Not to please him. He should not have that power. And all kinds of Democrats are thinking about doing exactly the same thing. Having that vaccination passport. You have to show it to people when asked to get into certain places. It's wrong. It's wrong. Don't you think? Look, maybe because it's coming from him. That's one of the reasons why I don't like it. This guy is a world-class fool. Are you ready to say here and now that you will oppose a new NAFTA and that what you will believe in, which a lot of us hope for, is trade treaties that empower organized labor across the boundaries? Even Joe Biden knows that he's a moron. <laughs> you can tell he ran for president. That's how delusional this individual is. Hillary Clinton had no use for him. She sent him out to Iowa to campaign without her back in 2016. He totally ruined New York. Crime has gone absolutely bonkers uh, with him in power. He did. He let the riots flourish all the way back to 2014, his first year in office. He actively encouraged these riots that led to the death, the shooting death of two police officers. Fast forward to 2017. He has given it his blessing. All of this violence, it's all been so righteous. I've said plenty of times, uh, the protest, this is a particular moment in American history where 400 years of oppression, 400 years of racism are being addressed in a very, very powerful way. 
that can't compare to anything else. And people's voices needed to be heard. That's him last summer spinning why it's okay to protest, come together in mass groups when everybody was supposed to be social distancing. It was okay if you were protesting slash rioting for Black Lives Matter. I'm sorry, but he's a world-class idiot. We're living with the, uh, with the effects of that. But his mindset is catching on. Watch out. Your governor, your mayor uh, may try to do the same thing. All right, so in the meantime, we're all left to make heads or tails from the mainstream media what's going on. And they have thoroughly confused everybody, the media, the government. I saw this last night. What sort of precautions should families be taking if they have children who aren't eligible for vaccinations? You should always try to opt for outdoors space and not anything that's congested. And even when you're indoors, it can be safe if everyone is masked. I would definitely mask the children. And if you're vaccinated yourself, you should wear a mask because we now know that even vaccinated individuals might get infected. The risk is incredibly small. But again, if we're trying to keep our kids safe and they're unvaccinated, a mask will always be a great layer of protection on top of your vaccine. Wow, um, the risk is ridiculously small, but a mask will always be protection. I was listening closely because this applies to me. I'm vaccinated. I have a young child, just about two. We can't vaccinate her. We're not going to right now. So we're all supposed to be masks, even the baby. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is not practical. Uh, this won't work. Uh, this is not responsible public health policy. And even our friends on the other side of the aisle are getting frustrated. I'm talking about the, the media aisle, the liberals out there. It is time for a reset, a reset in how COVID-19 is covered by the media. Given that there is so much confusion right now, it is, as so many public health experts keep saying, a pandemic of the unvaccinated. So the news coverage needs to reflect that. It's got to reflect something because right now everybody's head is spinning. You can get a doctor, say one thing. This doctor will say another thing. Hey, here's something I think we should all agree on by now. Goodbye, Dr. Fauci. He has screwed this issue up from the very beginning. And the only reason why they keep him around is because they know, the swamp, the media, that he was sticking it to Trump, that he's not good with Trump. They don't like each other. All right. That's why. That's his currency. All right. Believe me on that, because we all know he's been very wrong. Bottom line, we don't have to worry about this one, right? This is not a major threat for the people in the United States. And this is not something that the citizens of the United States right now should be worried about. People should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. If you have a physical covering with one layer, you put another layer on, it just makes common sense that it likely would be more effective. It's very, very strongly leaning towards this could not have been artificially or deliberately manipulated. Are you still confident that it developed naturally? I'm not convinced uh, about that. I think that we should continue to investigate what went on in China until we find out to the best of our ability exactly what happened. He's been all over the place. At times, it looks like he's deliberately misled people, the American people. Uh, he's around because it gets to Trump somehow. And so much of this is actually about Trump. You know, the Biden people, when they were campaigning, when they were running, they were calculating COVID, not how, how do we fix this? How do we solve this? How do we get into power? How do we use COVID? 
That's how they looked at COVID for about a year. Now that they're in power, how do they look at COVID? They looked at it, how to get it. Now, how do we keep it? How do we keep it? I really think that's what's going on here. Why did they undermine the Johnson & Johnson vaccine so irresponsibly? Do you remember that pause? That pause? Now, a lot of folks, including Donald Trump, believes this was uh, inflicted as a jab against him, that the vaccine was fine. But this led to a lot of confusion. So much confusion. So much confusion. And I'm sorry, but here's a little bit more. We know today that many of the face cloth coverings that people wear are not very effective in reducing any of the virus movement in or out, either you're breathing out or you're breathing in. We need to talk about N95 respirators, which would do a lot for both people who are not yet uh, vaccinated or not previously infected, protecting them, as well as keeping others who might become infected, having been vaccinated from, from breathing out the virus. All right, that's uh, Dr. Osterholm. A lot of people like him on both sides. Did you know that the drugstore masks are basically trash? They are. The one on the right, the white one, really doesn't work. The one on the left, that's the N95 one. That's the heavy-duty respirator. That one works. But 95% of the people are not wearing N95 masks. Look, I don't want to become like Australia, and I don't want to shut down again. You know they deployed the military to keep people inside? They ha it's so weird what's happening down there. But here's something else, and it is kind of weird, but it's also human. There are plenty of people in this country who would love to shut down again. They would love it. Do you remember the shutdown? A lot of people enjoyed it. Stayed inside, watched a lot of movies, got high, drank, whatever. Didn't have to go to work. Uh, there are a lot of people who look at that and say, wow, that might be fun again. Going to work is a drag. I know it's a drag, uh, but it's a splendid drag. And uh, we all have to fight this. We can't let that happen again. And I fear it's going that way. All right, stay with us. Much more to come, including, wow, Andrew Cuomo. I've got something to say about him that might surprise you. Be right back. Carson, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast. Tired of boring traditional news updates? How about one with a conservative point of view and it's actually funny? You can subscribe for free on the Apple Podcast app and it downloads directly to your smartphone so you can listen while driving, uh, to work, riding a bike, at the gym, or even while lobster fishing off the East Coast. Subscribe today with the Apple Podcast app or go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts for other platforms. Something's coming. All I can say is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? I don't think we can ever believe them. And I don't believe them right now. Mob mentality has formed yet again around Andrew Cuomo this time. A sexual predator who must be, who must be driven from office. He must resign. He'll be impeached. I'm hearing that from Joe Biden, from everybody. The attorney general here in New York State just put out a pretty massive report, almost 200 pages. I've been going through it. And here's the thing. I'm not buying it. Now, there's a lot of reasons to not like this guy, okay? And I am not a fan anymore. But he's no sexual predator, all right? And what is said about him can be said about a lot of people, actually. And if he goes down... 
I think a lot of people will be at risk. Isn't it wild that this guy is suddenly a monster, yet we've all seen Joe Biden grab and smell and grow people for years and the left elevated him to the presidency? More on, on that weird discrepancy in a moment. But first, the attorney general of the state of New York, a one-time protege of Governor Cuomo, uh, came out with a big report today. This is not a criminal referral, by the way. This is really just for people to read, for the media. What happens to it? Who knows? Here she is. These interviews and pieces of evidence reveal a deeply disturbing yet clear picture. Governor Cuomo sexually harassed current and former state employees in violation of both federal and state laws. The independence investigation found that Governor Cuomo sexually harassed multiple women, many of whom were young women, by engaging in unwanted groping, kisses, hugging, and by making inappropriate comments. Very stirring. Now, you may think, why is he making, why am I making light of this? Well, I've read the report. I've read the report. The dramatics aside, he called somebody lovely at a party. Not once, but twice. He kissed somebody on the cheek at an office party. He put his hand around a woman's waist for a picture. Again, at an office party. And it goes on like this. There's more. These 11 women were in a hostile and toxic work environment and that we should believe women and that what we have an obligation and a duty to do is to protect women in their workplace. And what this investigation uh, revealed was a disturbing pattern of conduct by the governor of the great state of New York. Now I approach the whole thing skeptically because of her. You can tell right now, I mean, she's just overdoing it. This is the woman who said she would get Trump when she was campaigning to be attorney general. She didn't need to see any evidence. She didn't need to see any complaints. She just told everybody she was gonna get him. I say one name, Donald Trump. That should motivate you. Oh, will, you, will you sue him for us? Oh, we're gonna definitely sue him. We're gonna be a real pain. He's going to know my name personally. Running for attorney general because I will never be afraid to challenge this illegitimate president when our fundamental rights are at stake. We need to focus on Donald Trump and his abuses. We need to follow his money. We need to find out where he's laundered money. All of those transactions have happened here in New York City. Very reasonable down the middle. Uh, law and order attorney general, right? Just all about the facts. So I've been through the report. It's a couple hundred pages long, but the meat of it, I'm sorry, uh, I don't think it's there. I don't. And she made it clear today this is not a criminal matter. This is a political matter. So one of the uh, accusers is a person, her name is in the report, named Liss, L-I-S-S. She testified that she was subjected to unwelcome non-consensual kissing, touching, and comments. Wow, non-consensual kissing, that's bad. But, but. It says this, the governor touched Miss Liss at office and work parties, including a celebration in or around May of 2014 after the passage of the budget. On that occasion, the governor approached her, kissed her on the cheek, and slipped his hand around her lower waist. And the governor beckoned 
a photographer to take a picture. She was also offended by words such as sweetheart and darling when he called her those things instead of by her name. Now, first thing about kissing. I didn't like this as a kid. I was not a kisser when I was eight years old, but people say hello by kissing. You've seen it a million times. Strangers, people kiss. And uh, I don't know if consent is always offered, if it has to be in public settings at an office party. Did everybody want to be kissed? Probably not, but it just kind of happens. Maybe it shouldn't anymore, but for centuries, that's the way it worked. And how about the whole hand around the lower waist thing? AOC, I noticed just the other day, was approached for a picture. Her arm went around the guy's waist who wanted the picture. I didn't think that was a problem. Did you? Politicians, people do that all the time. I guess now we're supposed to have our hands in our pockets. All right. Now, here's something. An unidentified state trooper. This is probably inappropriate, but is it a 200-page report? Is it uh, run them out of town? A trooper, a female trooper, testified that uh, the governor asked to kiss her. Can I kiss you? Well, he is single, by the way. They do work together. I'm not saying it's appropriate, but he asked, can I kiss you? She says she remembers just freezing, being in the back of my head. I'm like, oh, how do you say no politely? Because in my head, if I said no, he's going to take it out on the detail. And now I'm on the bad list, unsure what to do. She replied, sure. He asked for consent. She granted it. Um, It goes on like this. It goes on like this. But let's hear from the governor. He spoke out today right after this semi-wannabe bombshell dropped. There is another complaint I want to address from a woman in my office who said that I groped her in my home office. Let me be clear. That never happened. She wants anonymity. And I respect that. So I am limited by what I can say. But her lawyer has suggested that she will file a legal claim for damages. That will be decided in a court of law. Trial by newspaper or biased reviews are not the way to find the facts in this matter. I welcome the opportunity for a full and fair review before a judge and a jury because this just did not happen. I believe him. I do. It would be very easy for me to jump on the bandwagon right now and say, bad guy, oh, he had it coming to him. He was anti-Kavanaugh, by the way, another man who was treated horrifically. I'm not going to do it because I believe him, and I've been around long enough, and I know stuff that happens, and I can see a freaking witch hunt when it happens, and that's what's happening here. I've also been watching this guy for a long time, You know when they say, oh, that's not me? It truly is not him. I do kiss people on the forehead. I do kiss people on the cheek. I do kiss people on the hand. I do embrace people. I do hug people, men and women. I do on occasion say, ciao, Bella. On occasion... I do slip and say sweetheart or darling or honey. I do banter with people. I do tell jokes. Wait a second. Did he kiss Al Sharpton in that voice? That Al Sharpton? Now he's gone too far. He's gone too. I'm only kidding. But you can see this is this is what he's like. 
more. I try to put people at ease. I try to make them smile. I try to connect with them. And I try to show my appreciation and my friendship. I now understand that there are generational or cultural perspectives that, frankly, I hadn't fully appreciated. A lot of people haven't. He's a 60-something-year-old man, still calls a pretty girl in the office sweetheart. Um, look, you can read it for yourself. There are some things in here that uh, disturbing, maybe, but uh, I think he's being railroaded. I do. And uh, we've got a guy in the White House, Joe Biden. Everybody sees that this guy doesn't know. He can't control himself. And we've been seeing it for years. We've seen this. We've seen moments like this. We've seen moments like this. Not that bad. How about this? And then roll the tape. And this gets really sloppy and really weird. Joe, there's a problem. I don't see a problem with uh, Andrew Cuomo. I don't. I see a political witch hunt. And I don't know who exactly is behind it yet. I have my theories. Take a look at the report. Read it. Don't let the media summarize it for you. And then we'll talk. All right. We'll be right back. January 6th, we are committed to finding out the truth and the lies about that day. Someone also has been doing some great work on this topic is Taylor Hansen. He is an investigative journalist based in Texas. And Taylor, congratulations on everything you've done so far. We'll get to that in a moment. First of all, welcome to Newsmax. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thanks for having me, Greg. You bet. Tell us a little bit about Roseanne Boyland first who she is, and what officially happened to her at this point, officially, if you don't mind. Yes, Roseanne Boyland was a protester that was involved at the January 6th event that happened at the Capitol. And what officially happened, according to the medical examiner's report, is she died, her cause of death, an acute, an accidental acute amphetamine intoxication. So essentially a fancy way of saying an overdose. Now, now we have some pictures of her actually at January uh, 6th. In uh, one moment here, she looks like she's in the middle of a crowd. Now, she was with somebody you interviewed recently, someone named Philip Anderson. Tell us about him. We're going to hear from him from a moment. But what was their relationship? Did they meet on January 6th? Did they know each other? Who is this guy? Yes, they actually met on January 6th for the first time um, while they were being trampled. And Philip, his, he actually has a brief history in activism. He ran an account, uh, an account called Team Save America. He hosted rallies and had his teeth knocked out by Antifa in the uh, Summer of Love. Summer of Love, right. We remember that. Uh, you interviewed him. Here's what he has to say. So, Philip, what did you experience at the Capitol on January 6th? Uh, I experienced death. Uh, the person who's holding my hand, Roseanne Boylan, she died while she was holding my hand. And I thought that I was dead too. I lost consciousness. I blacked out. Uh, and all I remember was all this weight on top of me and all this mace, like coming down like a waterfall to the point that my hoodie, you know, my sweatshirt and my shirt were completely drenched. All right. That makes sense. He was there. Uh, Mace was all over the place. But I want to hear more again from your interview. What the police did is that they used tear gas so we couldn't breathe. So everyone had to turn around and try to run away. 
They also used force. They used the mace and they wouldn't stop. They were beating people. They were macing people in the face. And none of that is shown. Why isn't any of that shown? I've seen it on social media. Why do they resist uh, the other narrative or other information that undermines the prime narrative? And what about law enforcement? Have they interviewed this guy? Well, Greg, they totally ignore it because they're here to create their own narrative. I don't care what truly happened about on January 6th. And if they did, they released the 14,000 hours, 14, hours they're withholding from the public. I see. I see. I want to hear a little bit more from Philip Anderson. And uh, here we go. The reason they were attacked in the first place is because they killed Roseanne Boyland and also nearly killed me. The only reason I'm still alive is because of Trump supporters who saved my life. They saved my life. And the reason why they were attacked is because they killed Roseanne Boyland, nearly killed me in front of everyone there. And it's insane to me that they lie about the cause of Ro Roseanne's death. They said that it was because of an overdose. No, that was George Floyd. OK, that was not Roseanne Boyland. We all know that's true. Well, let me let me ask you this. I mean, could couldn't have been multiple factors. She was in the crowd. You know, lots of people there had fentanyl in her system. Um, all those things kind of came together. Uh, you know, it could have been other than the fact that the only thing that was in her system was the prescribed amount of Adderall that she takes daily. All right. So, look, overall, what are we missing here? What's not being told about that day that you are uncovering? Totality of the United States Capitol Police. I mean, I was there night 100 in Portland when Antifa was throwing Molotovs at officers, and I have never seen use of force that they used on January 6th. I mean, I was getting shot point blank by rubber bullets and pepper balls with my press credentials on my neck. I'm sorry, when you were in Portland or when you were at January 6th? On January 6th. Yeah. It was worse than Portland. And January 6th, your proximity to the, you didn't go inside the Capitol, right? I did. I documented the death of Ashley Babbitt. All right. Were you, I'm so sorry, but I am now totally confused. I thought that was the Black Lives Matter activist, uh, Jay Nix, a.k.a. John Sullivan. Mm -hmm. You documented that? So there was three reporters in the room. Well, I guess you can't call John Sullivan a reporter. Um, John Sullivan was to the left of me. I was in the uh, speaker's hallway right next to him. And Sam Montoya, a, a reporter with Band.Video, uh, caught another angle as well. So, look, they seem to want to talk to everybody who was inside the Capitol. How did you get inside the Capitol? Are you in any trouble? Um, I walked right in. The doors were wide open after the police had let everybody in. And I have been harassed constantly by the FBI and intelligence agencies. And it's just gone to the point where I'm actually on my third phone. You're on your third phone. Well, they're not. I mean, uh, you've talked to them. They're not looking for you, are they? That I know of. But in today's uh, regime, we can never really be uh, too sure. All right, Taylor. Well, um, keep in touch. Let us know what happens. Where can people go for more information? You guys can find me on every social media at Taylor USA, T-A-Y-L-E-R. All right. Thank you for joining us tonight. Of course. Thanks for having me on, Greg. You bet. We'll be right back.
deceived by their pretenses to piety. We have seen their kind before. They are the heirs of all the murderous ideologies of the 20th century. By sacrificing human life to serve their radical visions, by abandoning every value except the will to power, they follow in the path of fascism, Nazism, and totalitarianism. And they will follow that path all the way to where it ends, in history's unmarked grave of discarded lies. Americans are asking, how will we fight and win this war? We will direct every resource at our command, every means of diplomacy, every tool of intelligence, every instrument of law enforcement, every financial influence, and every necessary weapon of war to the disruption and to the defeat of the global terror network. The advance of human freedom, the great achievement of our time, and the great hope of every time now depends on us. Our nation, this generation, will lift a dark thread of violence from our people and our future. We will rally the world to this cause by our efforts, by our courage. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Julian Cater has been in custody since March 15th. He was there on January 6th. He's in a lot of trouble, but uh, should he still be in federal custody? What's happening with this case? What's happening with hundreds of these cases? Let's bring in Joe Tacopina, the world-famous criminal defense attorney. He is representing Julian Cater. Joe, welcome back to Newsmax. How are you? Hey, Greg. How are you? Joe, terrific, Joe. First off, um, your client, I believe, is accused of assaulting Officer Brian Sicknick with pepper spray. Now, a couple of things. First off, Brian Sicknick um, did die, not on January 6th, I believe the next day. I believe the official cause is uh, a stroke or natural causes. Just bring us up Correct. to speed. A apart from your client, or how did Officer Sicknick die? I mean, according to the medical examiner, um, he died completely unrelated to the events of January 6th. That's according to the medical examiner. Um, so, so you know, of course, the initial stories um, were that he was killed. He was a casualty of January 6th. Unfortunately, Officer Sitnik, um, you know, passed away of what the ME called natural causes. Um, he suffered a stroke. And, and, and as tragic as it is, it's, it's, it's also tragic to falsely implicate someone in the death of an officer. And I believe that's one of the reasons that Julian Cater sits where he sits today, even though he's been cleared. Um, you know, it, it, it's amazing that this this individual law abiding citizen, who Julian Cater is, who the judge in this case found that he has a, quote, excellent background and character, is a law abiding, respected individual in the community and normally will be entitled to bond. Um, you know, and, and the funny part, Greg, about this, the irony of it, or, or, or it's not even funny, it's just ironic that Congress, the same body, you know, in the Capitol building that sits in that Capitol building on, on January 6th, enacted a statute, the Bail Reform Act, which makes clear that Julian Cater should not be detained pending trial, but he's being detained for punitive reasons. I mean, it's clear 
that this is an individual who he was not a domestic terrorist. He was not an insurrectionist. I got to jump in. I got to jump in for a second, Joe. Look, he's still charged. I believe he is still accused of assaulting Officer Brian Sigmund. Let's go through it. And you're right. I know that they ruled that way. First, they said it was a fire extinguisher. It turns not to be Mm -hmm. a fire extinguisher. Then we heard bear spray. And then I heard network news actually had to pull back the bear spray story. If he died of natural causes, why are they still accusing your client of assaulting him? Were there any other injuries he sustained that were not fatal? No, look, there was a lot going on that day, a lot of melee. And and there was what, what happened was people had pepper spray. And pepper spray, as you may know, is not a deadly weapon in and of itself. It's a defense mechanism. Um, Julian Cater is, is heard loud and clear on these videos saying, I just got maced. And he couldn't see. I just got maced. His reaction, if any, was in response to that. And it's not even clear that Julian Cater dis, uh, discharged any mace. That's all it was, pepper spray or mace. It's not even clear. The videos are hardly, hardly compelling when it comes to that. But what is clear is that he got maced right before that incident. So if he maced back at someone who maced him, I mean, it's it's not an assault that would require you to be detained in jail. And, it, and by the way, Greg, we have to get to something that's really important. And I know it's important to Julian Kader's family and others who are detained. What's that? The conditions in that prison are subhuman. They're subhuman. Um, the Washington Post did a big expose on, on, on the conditions in that jail. I mean, he's on lockdown at times 25 and a half hours straight. Um, the food, he served breakfast at 2.30 in the morning because that's a normal time to eat breakfast. Um, it's done for punitive reasons. They, you know, they call his, his area where they, where they keep these guys the redneck tank. Right. It's the January 6th protesters. And, and, and they do that to to mock them and, and 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 make their lives difficult. It's psychological torture. I mean, he's yeah. not had medical treatment that he needed in there. I mean, he can't even, you know, get a shave or cut his hair. Um, I have not been able to see him, Greg. I've not been able to see my client. I speak to him on the phone One, I'm lucky enough to be able to get through to him. But he has a phone call like once every day and a half. And it's almost impossible to represent someone that way. And it's just the conditions in that jail. And, and considering what he's charged with, there is zero. He's not a danger to the community. I mean, unless they're thinking there's going to be another protest of some electoral vote. Um, you know, he's not a dangerous community. He has no criminal record. He's not part of some organization that the government yeah. thinks is some, some you know, white right wing uh, terrorist group. He's nothing but an individual who comes from a loving, hardworking family who, who voices displeasure with the way that election went. They've demonized them, as you know, and uh, they know, Greg, they demonize them. And when you compare it to what happened in the summer with Black Lives Matter and some of those individuals, a lot of people, a lot of people did a lot worse, hurt officers, um, you know, maimed people, stole, broke windows, caused havoc and danger. And none of those people that I know of were detained on bail. Joe, I have to ask you, um, keep us posted about your client. Uh, This does seem outrageous. uh, And we've heard this time and time again about the conditions of the jail. Uh, Governor Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo, a curious report put out by the attorney general today about uh, alleged sexual harassment. It's 200 pages. I got it right here. Uh, It does not. It's not a criminal referral. Uh, And the attorney general said out loud that this is a civil matter, really not a criminal matter. Have you been through it? Are you familiar with the charges again? Well, not the charges. These are just allegations. Yeah, this is yeah. like this is like a newspaper article. What do you, you know, think of all this? Here's what I think of it. I, I have, you know, my views on Cuomo, are, 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 I'm setting them aside. The nursing home stuff, I'm setting that aside because I'm just evaluating these allegations and this charge. And I will say this. The first thing that jumps to my mind and really smacks me as something that is 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 
counterintuitive to what we see as a, a, an independent, objective investigation is that the lead investigator, Letitia James, the attorney general, has made her statements that she wants to be the next governor of New York. I mean, so imagine having your your sort of your competition as the subject of your investigation. Um, you know, I mean, it really reeks of, of, of an, a non-objective investigation. So that's what you have here. You have someone who already stated, I want to be the next governor, taking out the current governor. She also said, and I'm looking at this quote, that, quote, I believe women, and I believe these 11 women. And Greg, the first part of that statement is symptomatic of the problem. In today's era of Me Too, people are so too quick, as you know, too quick to accept the accounts of a complainant based simply on their gender. And, and look, Joe, Joe, do me a favor. Position. I want to yeah. I want to play because that jumped out at me as well when she said that. And yeah. here it is. Uh, let's go ahead. This is the attorney general for New York State. She wants to be governor. And here she is wrapping up her press conference, unveiling these allegations. These 11 women were in a hostile and toxic work environment and that we should believe women and that what we have an obligation and a duty to do is to protect women in their workplace. And what this investigation uh, revealed was a disturbing pattern of conduct by the governor of the great state of New York. I didn't catch it. Did she, did she say believe women? Did she say believe women? We, in that? we, we believe, women. believe women. Believe women. Believe women. So and understand, that's <laughs> the investigator. And with that predisposition, an investigator an investigator looks for evidence to support their belief rather than objectively look to see where the evidence takes you. And, 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 and that's really what's so troubling about this case um, and, and, and the way she's conducted this case. By the way, that little footnote that you mentioned in the beginning, that she specifically said in a footnote, by the way, not in the body of this report, um, that, by the way, they've not determined that there is enough for a criminal prosecution here. Well, wait a minute. These are either sex crimes or their little innocent kisses on the cheek and hugs like, you know, some older people do, um, especially of maybe, you know, Italian heritage, a little peck on the cheek does not make it a sexual harassment. A pat on the shoulder is not a growth. You know, I mean, and by the way, Joe Biden, Joe Biden needs to be quiet because if you look <laughs> yeah. at those, if you look at those videos, I mean, that guy. You really should not be calling the, the kettle black. Is that the hot corner kettle black? I invite you to watch the show, the earlier part of the show. We uh, we talked about. I was. Know, this uh, I was. this is very. There's something not right about what's going on here. There are a lot of reasons to not like Governor Cuomo, but I think he's being screwed. And um, when yes. somebody of his stature, they can take him down with stuff like this. Watch out! Watch out! You could be next. By the way. Uh, Letitia James seems to think she's the new poet laureate. There was something a little much about her whole presentation. Very dramatic. Opinion. Yes, Very indeed. Dramatic. Too much, too much. Joe Tacopino, one of the great attorneys in America. We appreciate it so much. Thank you. Great. Thank you. All right. Be right back. When Rosa Parks stepped on that Montgomery, Alabama bus on December 1st, 1955. She didn't set out to make history. She just wanted to get home. Montgomery's segregated buses had divided seating. White passengers in front, colored passengers in the back. When the bus driver needed more seats for his white passengers, he ordered her and three others to vacate their seats. The others complied and moved. But Rosa quietly refused and was quickly arrested. Working alongside Dr. Martin Luther King, 
Rose's arrest sparked a highly effective citywide protest with African Americans boycotting city buses. Rose's protest and resulting boycott didn't end segregation, but it sparked a movement that ended the racial system, paving the way for a more equal society. You're watching An American Moment. Well, thank you, America. Thank you, Newsmax. And we'll see you tomorrow night. Stand by for Stinchfield.